0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at tiaa.org/promises pay off. LinkedIn presents.
1: Welcome to a brand new week of the Next Big Idea Daily. All this week, we're gonna be talking about your mind. What even is your mind? It's a complex subject, and of course, there's an entire field of science dedicated to understanding it called psychology. Psychology is a relatively young science, but for the last century and a half or so, it's been amassing loads of information about how the human mind functions and misfunctions. This is the science that arguably hits closest to home in some sense. This is about us. And while some of its conclusions seem obvious, others are shockers. In many ways, we don't know ourselves nearly as well as we think we do. That's the subject of the new book, How Do We Know Ourselves Mysteries and Marvels of the Human Mind. It was written by David G. Myers, a longtime social psychologist and professor of psychology, who wrote the most widely read textbook in the field. And this week, David will be sharing some of his more surprising findings with us. For example, We tend to think of our minds as the masters of our bodies. We decide something, then choose to make our bodies follow orders. But on the most basic level, that's just not how it works. It turns out that we are witnesses to our own experience, as much as we are authors of it.
0: Much as when we observe others and infer their sentiments, so also, hearing ourselves talk clues us to our attitudes witnessing our actions, signals how strongly we feel. The surprising extent to which this is true becomes apparent in some clever experiments. In one, Swedish participants spoke one word while occasionally hearing their own voices saying another word. On two-thirds of these trials, they, would you believe it, experienced the inserted word as what they spoke. Other experiments have manipulated people's facial expressions. They may induce a scowling expression by asking people to pull their brows together, supposedly to enable the attaching of facial electrodes. The result? People feel a bit angrier. Likewise, if manipulated into a smiling expression, they feel happier. They find cartoons funnier. Or try for yourself what folks in another experiment did. Take a short walk with shuffling steps and eyes downcast. Then return with long strides, arms swinging and eyes straight ahead. Can you feel the difference? There's a practical lesson here. As William James long ago discerned, going through the motions can trigger the emotions. To feel cheerful, he advised, sit up cheerfully and act as if cheerfulness was already there. And to empathize with another, mirror their expressions. Synchronize your movements with theirs. So, insight number one is that our expressions and actions are self-revealing. Self-knowledge, said Goethe, is best learned not by
1: contemplation, but by action. Well, David Myers, welcome to the Next Big Idea Daily Podcast. We are glad to have you. And I'm excited to be here with you, Michael. I'm eager to talk to you about your book, How Do We Know Ourselves? Curiosities and Marvels of the Human Mind. It's a very captivating title and subtitle. So what what was your idea in this book? What did you want to do that was different from what you'd done before? So I've been a research psychologist
0: doing research, which led me into reporting on psychological science, primarily through textbooks for introductory and social psychology. And then for some other general audience books that uh, that you've alluded to. And in the process of reading psychological science, I come across material that's so interesting, so fascinating, so humanly significant, I think, the world should know about this. And that's led me to write books on the powers and perils of intuition, on the scientific pursuit of happiness, on marriage and sexual orientation, the psychology of hearing loss. All those are kind of focused on one idea. But this book is different because it's a collection of 40 ideas from psychological science that have fascinated me. Curiosities and marvels of the human mind, as the subtitle says. And so these are packaged as little hors Mm d'oeuvres, if you will, uh, on a buffet rather than one big main course. And so that was such a pleasure to write these essays. They're all just short. They could be read by the nightstand or even in the bathroom.
1: You cover quite a range of things, too. I mean, psychology... Of course, is sort of almost unique among disciplines, and how much we can apply it to our daily living. I mean, you you cover everything from habit formation to uh, egotism, narcissism, political division. Is that part of the fun of of writing a book like this? You get to cover the whole range.
0: Absolutely, Michael. Because psychological science is itself an interdisciplinary field that ranges from neuroscience how the brain makes mind, for example, to how we sense and perceive the world, how humans develop from womb to tomb across the lifespan, how we learn and remember social psychology, Mm -hmm. how we think about and influence and relate to one another. And so these are all topics that I read and report on. And so in this book, what I've tried to do is just pick some of my most mind-stretching powerful ideas to share with others in kind of bite-sized formats.
1: Let's go ahead and talk about your first big idea, which is that our expressions and actions are self-revealing. This idea is obvious in some ways, but surprising and profound in others, I would say. I mean, first of all, this idea that you can change your mood by just changing the expression on your face, you know, just by making yourself smile, you can actually change your mood. This is kind of an argument against Botox, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. Uh, It's called the facial feedback effect. And in fact, there are experiments that immobilize the muscles of the face Mm -hmm. with Botox. And that disrupts people's experience of emotions uh they can't pull their brows together as easily and they may have more trouble empathizing with other people because it's harder to
1: mimic others faces oh interesting and so and it's not just that they will have trouble showing the other person that they empathize they'll have trouble actually feeling the empathy because if your face can't make that expression it's harder to feel the emotion is that right right
0: and listeners can try this for themselves i mean they can fake a hearty grin as people have been manipulated into making in these experiments, do you feel a little happier? Even holding a pencil with the lips, which activates the smiling muscles, leads people to feel a little happier than if they hold a pencil in their teeth, which activates the frowning muscles. So if we frown, we feel a little sadder. If we scowl, we feel a little angrier. If we smile, we temporarily feel a little happier. Yeah, it's that popular saying, fake it till you make it, kind of, right? Exactly. And there's some wisdom there. I don't mean to overstate it. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a small and a temporary effect. However, sometimes we're in conversation, we're in a foul mood, and then we strike up a happy conversation with somebody. And after behaving positively for a few moments, suddenly we feel
1: differently. That that grouchy mood is gone. It's interesting because this goes against sort of our folk understanding of how we work. You know, we sort of think we're inside of our bodies and there's an outside world out there and and there's sort of events that happen between us and the outside world. But these kind of subtle atmospherics, the way the world is shaping our mood and the way our mood then goes on to shape the external world is something it's harder to perceive, but it's going on all the time. And it's part of what's a larger field of called embodied uh, cognition. Mm.
0: And so in experiments, if people are induced to nod their head vertically rather than horizontally while they test out some headsets, yeah. they like the message better that's played while they're nodding their head vertically. So again, it's it's a bodily feedback effect.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of taking the self-help angle on this, that these are little tricks I can use to improve my mood. You know, rather than just being buffeted around by my moods, I can just... Put a pencil between my teeth, yes.
0: And again, it could be overstated, and I don't want to overstate it. But we have some control over our emotions through our actions. If you want to feel a different a, a particular way, act as if you feel that way, mm. and it may start to become reality.
1: I just wanted just to tease out a little bit longer um this idea that came from the Swedish study you said, where if I understand correctly, they had people listening to recordings of their own voice. Sometimes they th- they got confused between what they were currently saying and what they were hearing. It's a, it's a slightly subtle study, and I was wondering if you could explain a little bit more how it worked and what lesson you drew from it.
0: So this was a really clever experiment done by Swedish researchers at Lund University. And what they did is put a headset on people and asked them to name the font color of a word that they were shown. So if they were shown the word green in a gray font, they were to say green. But then these clever researchers sometimes inserted the participants' previously recorded voice saying an incorrect word. And so when people said one thing, but through the headphones heard their own voice saying a different thing, what did they perceive that they'd said? And two-thirds of the time, people experience the inserted word as their own voice, as uh-huh. self-produced, not the word that they'd actually said. And so they were knowing themselves, so to speak, by what they were observing of their own behavior, not what their behavior actually was from the inside.
1: Interesting. So so to generalize from that, are you saying that we all sort of take these external cues and and they inform our sense of what's happening more than we realize? Exactly.
0: So, certainly to a great extent, we know ourselves from the inside, but we think that's pretty much the whole story. But what this research on what's called self-perception theory, which was formulated by Daryl Bem at Cornell University, suggests, is that we supplement that by observing our own behavior from the outside, just as we make inferences about other people by observing their actions and their words. So we observe our own actions and our own words and make inferences. And that's partly how we know ourselves, not just from the inside, but also by observing
1: ourselves from the outside. Okay, so there's your tip for the day. Put a pencil between your teeth and see what it does for your mood. Tomorrow, David will be back to talk to us about the power of what he calls micro-friendships. We all know it's a good idea to have strong relationships with our close friends and family. But you might be surprised to know that how you talk to that barista or the person sitting next to you on a plane can have a powerful impact on their mood and your own. You can hear all the big ideas from How Do We Know Ourselves in our Next Big Idea app, which you can find in the App Store or the Google Play Store. I'm Michael Kavnet. See you tomorrow.